Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Right, so today is, is the first Sunday of Advent. So, first of all, I'd like to know what Advent means to you. When you when you think, oh, we're now at Advent, what does it mean to you? Excitement. Excitement. Good world to all human beings and all living beings on this planet. Excellent. A time of reflection. Reflection, yeah. Wait, they were given the honest answers or the spiritual ones. That's whatever answers you want. You got some honest ones then? Sarah wants to say countdown to Christmas. Countdown to Christmas. Well done. That's where the excitement comes from, isn't it? Yeah. Chocolate. Chocolate. More Dwayne. So, what are the origins of Advent? Saint Nicholas. Well, was one part of it. One part of it. Well, Advent first came in 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 the fourth to fifth century, mm-hmm. and it was forty days of fasting up to the feast of the Epiphany, <coughs> which was a time when, um, and that season when um, you. A converts into Christianity were baptised. Um, and then in the 6th century... Oh, my God, that's right. Oh, six, oh, um, basically, basically um, it was reduced to the four weeks, um, but was associated with... The second coming of Christ, right? Um, so, you know, it was all all about looking at Christ coming again. It wasn't until the Middle Ages that it became associated with the birth of Christ. Okay, so just a, a very potted history of that. Um, and various traditions grew up around Advent, one of which was the Advent candle. And there's one candle, obviously, for each week in Advent. Not always, but sometimes there's a fifth candle. And on the first Sunday, the first candle is lit, which is a purple candle, and the purple cam- candle is the prophecy candle. Mm. And it's basically looking at the prophets and foretelling of Christ. The second candle, which is also a purple candle, is um, called the Bethlehem candle. Okay, And it's, it represents the manger. And manger, God's love. God loved us so much that he gave us Christ. 
Okay, the third candle is not purple, but it's pink. All right. And that's the shepherd's candle. Right, and it represents joy. Okay, and then there's the fourth candle, which is purple, and that's the angel's candle, and it's sort of praise. Yeah, and then the fifth candle is just represents Christ, the light of the world. Okay, so I have try to have enough so that each family with children has one of those oh thanks Trish. um so you know just uh i think in today's society with christmas being so commercial and it is it can be a lovely time of year everyone's in a very festive mood and everything but our focus can be so far removed from the manger um and particularly true, I think, for when you're raising children. And so I just feel that anything that can just bring us back to what for us Christmas is about um, must be a good thing. So nowadays, Ad- Advent is looking for Christ coming. Now, there are three comings of Christ. Yeah. Can anyone mention the three? The birth, the resurrection, and the coming back. <laughs> First one, obviously, is Christ coming into the world in the manger. Right? God's love, loving us so much that he gave us his son. The third one is Christ's second coming. When we look to him coming back in glory. And the se- second one is Christ coming into our hearts. So there are sort of a reflection on each of those. So we're going to read from the lectionary. So if anyone would like... Um, to have a say part of the readings someone wants to turn to Jeremiah chapter 33 verses 14 to 16 sorry it's Jeremiah 33 14 to 16 like to read it Susie The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to you, I made to people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from the David's vine. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name of which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Saviour. Very good. 
So, Jeremiah is foretelling the coming of Christ. But, in some respects, he's he's referring to the second coming of Christ. Um, At the time of of Jeremiah, at this time, um, Israel was in exile. The temple had been destroyed. Um, They were being persecuted and everything. So they were in a really low place. Jeremiah was in prison when he wrote this. So those words come out and they give hope and joy. Um, Psalm 25, 1 to 10. Got it? It's Graham Kedrick's on this one. Yeah. Moses copied it off him. All right. <laughs> uh, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you to be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love. <laughs> it's the Polar Express. For they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right. He teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. Okay. Oh, David's quite explanatory there. Um, make me know your ways. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth. Okay, so in some ways that's about get it, asking Jesus into your life so he's there to direct you. Um, 1 Thessalonians three nineteen to 13. Um, yeah, 1 Thessalonians 3, 9 to 13. Can you join that, sir? Have I got that? Luke, have you got that? Yeah, Luke has, yeah. Mm-hmm. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we, we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So Paul is speaking there to people who are fairly new in the faith and just encouraging them to allow God to work in their lives and to feel his love. Um, And finally, the gospel 
is Luke 21, 25 to 36. Nick said she'd do it. (laughs) (laughs) And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, these, this generation will, be no means pass, will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with caressing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. It's quite a powerful (laughs) thing about um, Jesus talking about the Son of Man coming in a cloud, coming again, and about sort of the state of maybe the earth and everything in it. And, you know, he's telling this this to his disciples. That was 2,000 years ago, <laughs> you know, and they were expectant. They thought that that was for their time. Um, and... You know, we have to assume it's for our time. We have to remain ready in in the sense that we can't take our eyes off Christ and his hope for glory. You know, hope comes through glory. And, um, you know, the... We see in the world around us, even, you know, more clearly now, because we've got such great means of communication, we see the extremes of living. Some who are living, you say the breadline, but they're, live, they're just scraping an existence. And then you see those that are have everything they want and more still, right? They're looking at the next thing that they could possibly do. So they're buying up into a trip to the moon or whatever because they can. There's such... I mean, so we look at it and we say there's such injustice. And then you look at our own lives and we say, well, what can I do? I'm only an individual. And then we can look around us 
and sometimes we we because of modern life and um, things that we're bombarded with every day on the telefo- television, the phone, you know, online and everything, we get caught up in what's happening in the world. At this time, at Christmas time, we can get caught up in the Christmas hype. You know, all right, I've got to go... You know, the adverts don't tell us to have a nice Christmas. They tell us, go and have your best Christmas ever. Treat yourself. Have this amazing thing, you know, whether it's, a, you know, the brand new phone or whether it's luxury items for dinner or whether it, you know, everything on telly is telling us to go for the luxury, the best. You know, that's what you need this Christmas to make it, you know, special. To make it great. And so it is difficult. And it is, you know, I love (laughs) Christmas. I love the decorations. You know, when it comes to, you know, the 12th day of Christmas, I can't wait to get them in the box and back up to the loft. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because, you know, you you can have, you know, enough of a good thing, so to speak. But... It's, it's apart from that. I think the first Sunday of Advent, I'd really like us to um, come back and look, in, look at... Well, the prophecy candle is hope. And it's, hope is not just a wish, yeah? It's not a, seri- it's not a wish list, you know, most people, if you ask them, what do you hope for this Christmas? It'll be maybe some really lovely things. Like, I hope my family will be able to... I'll be able to see my family this Christmas. Or, you know, I hope, um, you know, that you know the world will be a better place. They have this sort of, I hope the world will be a better place. But the world being a better place starts with us. And with Christ in us, we have the hope of his return. And that should be an immense well of joy to us. And from that well of joy, we need to reach out to those around. And whether it's just, you know, speaking to someone at work just because they're having a bad day and just comforting them and not not necessarily not mentioning Christ or Christmas or anything but it's just being there with them giving your heart to them at that moment whether it's listening to an annoying a colleague who keeps on talking but their need is to talk and so you are giving of yourselves to that person um, whether it's giving more than that, whether it's a greater financial decision to help others, whether it's um, going out and doing things. I commend... Sorry, I've forgotten your name. Anya. 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 He's, he's going to help out on Christmas Day. You know, I think that's... You know, I had have one would go off to him I think it's great (laughs) right 
Now, there's a quotation from Alexander Pope. It wasn't a Pope, but he's called Alexander Pope. <laughs> right? What does it profit me if Jesus is reborn in thousands of cribs all over the world and, and, and not reborn in my heart? And I, I, you know, as Christians, I know that Christ is within you and you're reaching out. But at this time, as we move forward, more people are open to receiving the message that Christ can give. Um, recently, I was on television, Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert. Yes. And he spoke about Christmas and Christmas giving and saying, you need to, you know, you need to sort of look at this. And from his point of view, people overspend and they spend beyond their ability because that's what they feel is it's supposed to be. And he's basically calling for people to you know, be mindful of the consumerism and come to agreements with friends and say, look, we don't need to give gifts. We just need to be with one another. We need to do this. And, and really, you know, that is, that is an essence of what, what is, you know, Christmas. It's to be with someone, to, you know, to love them, to, you know... And sometimes that will mean sort of giving gifts, but it, the gift has to come from the heart and from what we can afford. It's not about going to a shop and saying, oh, I've, got, I've got to get a, a gift for my Aunt Ivy, you know, and um, what can I give? I'm looking around the shelves, oh, oh, I'll give some smellies, you know. And, you know, we give the gift, hoping it's going to be received very well, but knowing that, you know, Aunt Ivy might just look at it and think, Oh well, that'll just you know. Oh, that would make a nice gift for so and so on her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Regifting, yeah. Um. It's really paying it forwards, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's when that gift comes back to you yeah. <laughs> from somebody else. It has happened. <laughs> Um, so let's this this Christmas, the sun, the, the second Sunday, the candle of hope. Let's look at, look at the greater hope, the hope that comes from Christ, the hope in the salvation that comes to the world. Some people think, you know, Christ coming again, you know, is one thing, but. Um, it's interesting to note how people look upon various sort of hopes. Um, what happens to us after we're, we're dead? What, what are we hoping for? And um, some people believe that, you know, we'll be spirit. The Bible talks about having a body. Some people talk about, um, you know, that creation would be a new creation. But it's about the fulfilment, almost like 
God giving us giving back the creation that he wanted it's not about you know um, scrubbing what the old is away because God looked at creation and saw it was good in the first place he didn't say it was perfect right Christ coming again will come to perfect the world I don't know what that that would mean but you know to try and just look to God and have the hope of that his return that he will return in glory and his church will be ready to receive him and his church will be it'll just be so different to what we imagine because I think that you know there is that creation is so vast and varied and people are so vast and varied I you know I have a, I have a, th- a thing at the moment about you know people who go on about f- feminist feminist things or people who go on about racist things and I just think it's just highlighting differences and we should be accepting differences you know um, we can't we can't change history but a lot of feminists wish, wish, wish they could. And moving forward, we just got to accept where we are and what we do and our actions. So, it's just gone off <laughs> totally. <laughs> but we've got to stand up for what we believe. And what we believe is Christ in us. And we've... It's not our belief. If we are allowing Christ to live in us, we will walk in his ways. We'll try and think with his thoughts. And I know I don't. You know, there are times I'm, you know, I'm in the situation and I'm just sort of blurting out or something. But we have to try and get that stillness and our, our roots so far into him that when the winds and everything blows and like you know the passage in the gospel says the waves and everything come we're so far rooted in him our hope is still above it's focused in on christ our situations might be we're living in might be turbulent it might not not be great but our hope is there above it all and so therefore if our hope is there we have a joy and if we can go through situations grounded in that way we can we can cope with them a lot better um you know, at times we feel, I know at times I feel very apart from situations and I, you know, and then I ha- there's a situation and I, I'm with someone who needs help and guidance and I'm sort of thinking, I can't give you wisdom but I can try and speak out of my heart which hopefully being rooted in Christ 
will come out of that. Yeah. So I just want us to um, just live with Christ being centred in our lives and just think about it at this time in particular when you'll have people in society who really hate Christmas not because they don't be, you know, believe in God or they don't, don't believe in commercialism or anything like that it's because it's painful to them they might not have their families around it might be associated with a time of loss in their life. And we need to be open to that. We might be up and bubbly and things like that. But just remember, we, as we meet individuals, Christ living in them, how can we bring that to them? Sorry. Sorry, that's great. That's great. Sorry. Thank you.